0: where you take enlightened entrepreneurs, coaches,
1: and influencers together
0: to discuss cutting-edge topics in the world of relationships, culture,
1: business, and spirituality. And here's your host, Miss Carol Boston.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Intuitive Entrepreneur Show. Now, those of you who follow me know, I'm your weather girl. So when you chime in today in the chat, make sure to let us know where you're chiming in from and what the weather's like where you are. I'm always excited to be here. It's an absolutely hot, as you know what, gorgeous day in sunny South Florida. I was just sharing with our guest, Faye, that I'm dog sitting for a couple of weeks in this gorgeous, like $2 million home right on the river with a pool. It's incredible. And if I had Wi-Fi out there, we'd be out there today (laughs) because it's incredible. You also know we talk a lot about courage to confidence, and we talk about the fact that confidence is not a feeling. We're going to delve into a little bit of that with our guest today, we're going to be talking a little bit about intuition. Is entrepreneurship really intuitive? And we're going to delve into a couple other things. Let's introduce our guest, Miss Faye. Tell us where you're chiming in from first and what the weather's like where you are. And then tell us just a little bit about what you do in the world.
0: Okie dokie. So yeah, I'm Faye. I am from the UK It's eight o'clock in the evening here as you're filming. So where you're talking about lovely, glorious, sunny sunshine, I'm looking at pitch black darkness. (laughs) I mean, it's been a bit rainy today and a bit sunny. It's been a bit mixed. Um, We've had a, we've not really had much of a summer over here. So in terms of weather, we're all sulking.
2: (laughs) So when you say you didn't have much of a summer, is that just because it rained all the time or what?
0: Yeah, it's just not been, it's not been a particularly nice, not been a particularly Mm -hmm. nice summer. And I forgot to tell you what I do as well. So I'm a, I'm a life and weight loss coach, but it's all about weight loss with love and intuitive eating rather than restrictive diets.
2: (laughs) See, you brought up that word intuitive. (laughs) Let me tell you, when I, I, when I first got into the coaching world back in early beginning of 2018, when I was really all in and committed to it, I didn't understand the woo woo stuff at all. Mm -hmm. Right. And sometimes for me, intuition feels like woo woo. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think I had an intuition, much less able to listen to it or or trust it. And so I was actually um, teaching in a business quantum leap coaching program with four other coaches and whatever. And so the lady leading the program asked this guy, Marco, a question and he answered. And then she looks over at the Zoom at me and she says, and Carol, what are your thoughts on that? And I gave her my thoughts and she says, yeah, that's right. Marco's woo-woo, Carol's pragmatic. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about how does that, what kind of role? Because I don't find being an entrepreneur intuitive at all. Mm. I don't. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that. And then we can delve a little bit into what it means to be an intuitive dieter. I'm not quite mm-hmm. sure what that means. So give me your thoughts.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Pleasure. So, yeah, so I would say, actually, for me, and in terms of intuitiveness and business, and I think that might be just because of my journey, how I became an entrepreneur, it was more, for me, I'm I'm at that stage of life where I want everything to be, I, I probably had a bit of a midlife crisis almost, and so I decided that I want to everything to be um, I wanted everything to be, be better in my life. I'd been in Groundhog for a really long time. And so now that I've come into my business, what I really realized, realized early on as I was got caught up as you do as a new entrepreneur in sort of the bro marketeering and everything is that actually I want to, I want to steer my own ship. And I very much now want to live the rest of my life, how I want to live it. And so for me, how it fits with my business is, is that I, this has got to be something that I've got to sustain you know I want this to be a long-lasting business and therefore it needs to be something sustainable so it needs to feel good and therefore I need to tap into myself and intuition to a degree like I say I'm probably more pragmatic than woo but I'm getting more woo as I'm going into my my journey if that makes sense Um, but I think it's more about feeling good you know just really kind of sensing in and you know does something feel icky then I don't want to I don't want to do it but maybe exploring that to decide if that's a good, you know, if there's a good reason for being icky, is in like, it's just a barrier I've got to overcome, or is it a, no, it's icky, you don't want to ever touch it. Does that make sense? Mm. Hopefully it, does. it does. Thank
2: you. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Let's introduce our second guest here real quick. Hello, Sarah. Welcome to the Intuitive Entrepreneur Show. The first thing I want you to do is tell everybody where you're chiming in from, and what the weather's like where you are. And I think I know what the weather's like where you are.
1: <laughs> I think we're geographically very similar. Right, yes. Carol? Yes. I'm in St. Petersburg, Florida. It is gorgeous. I love fall in Florida.
2: It's not quite fall yet. It's hot as hell over here. It's about 95, <laughs> 94 degrees. <laughs> well, it's not
1: 108 like it was. <laughs> That's true. That's and in true. the morning and in the evening, it's it's cooler. Mm. And, you know, it was like 85 in the evening. It's for all a while there in the summer. It's all yeah, perspective. exactly.
2: <laughs> so tell everybody real quick um, what you're up to in the world.
1: I'm a meditation coach, specializing in helping fellow leaders and overachievers overcome high functioning anxiety.
2: Mm. And you got a degree from LSU.
1: I got a couple degrees from LSU, a master's degree from Purdue. Yes. All right. Are you from I that played, area? I played on
2: a tennis scholarship at LSU. Yeah.
1: Did you? Wow. My brother played tennis for yeah, IMG Sarah, you, academies yeah. and then moved up to. Can you hear me? There you go. I can't. Oh, it's okay. just, I couldn't yeah, my, hear you
2: and your lips were moving.
1: Oh, that's. Very strange. I wonder if my internet's doing all right. It looks like it's doing all right. So yeah, my brother went to IMG academies, played tennis for them, and then went to Fordham and played tennis on a scholarship. So I've been to a lot of tennis games, but you're still playing tennis?
2: I am not. I'm not. I was in a a bad car wreck a while back and the torque of trying to swing a tennis racket just doesn't work. But
1: But I did hear that you're a professional, former professional athlete on one of the shows that I listened to. Yep. Uh, Now I know. That's great.
2: Real quick. The first question up was what role do you think intuition plays in being an entrepreneur?
1: I think intuition is everything, not just in being an entrepreneur, but just being a human being. I mean, we have more neurons and receptors in our gut, you know, talk about that gut feeling than we do in our brain. And So we, as entrepreneurs, we need to be creative and we need to have that magical combination of, of course, using logic, but intuition is where it's at. We have got to lean into where we should go. What should we do? Like, and that's why I think that meditation is so important because it allows us to tune out all the noise and to spin within and listen to our own innate wisdom on what to do next. Maybe we don't have the whole roadmap, but we can kind of incrementally get those breadcrumbs on where to turn and what person to talk to or expert to involve in your next decision. So yeah.
2: Okay. So I appreciate hearing that. So question for both of you, and you can apply it to the type of coaching that you do. When a client comes to you and they say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been trusting my intuition and I'm wrong every fricking time. How do you get them to then step into whether it's from you can talk a little bit Faye, first about, you know, from what you do helping women diet and lose weight? Um, how what would you say to them if they say, yeah, I've tried that. It doesn't work.
0: Yeah. And that's something that can come up with intuitive eating. So, like I say, you know, I'm effectively, I'm I'm I feel like I'm walking a bit of a weird line with what I do, because normally intuitive eating is an anti diet approach. And, and you, the first rule of intuitive eating is thou shalt not diet (laughs) um and then I've got but effectively I'm trying to attract dieters who are used to you know calorie counting points and all these kind of systems and they think that that's the way and I'm trying to sort of drag them kicking and screaming over (laughs) kicking and screaming with delight over to my side of the, the the table where I'm saying look you can lose it with love you don't have to be so hard and restrictive on yourself but obviously when you start to talking those terms then very much so they they might say well this is what got me to this place in the in the first place you know if I, I was listening to myself or um and, and and that's how I how I perhaps gained my weight in the first place whereas I would potentially argue back and saying well were you really listening to what your body and mind and soul were telling you because my a lot of my principles are still based around mind body and soul and getting t- back in touch with yourself like you were Um, like you were born you know we were born as intuitive eaters we cried when we were hungry and we stopped when we were satisfied and that's ultimately what intuitive eating is it's about getting in touch with your mind and your body um, and really properly listening to it so I would argue that they perhaps have not been listening hard enough or in the right way maybe
2: Mm.
1: what are your thoughts Sarah I agree with Faye and just to piggyback off of that perhaps they aren't listening to the correct voice. Oftentimes we hear that intuition is called that still small voice. And Mm. not to say that everybody's schizophrenic, but we have a lot of voices in our heads. And some of them are our beliefs that have been ingrained in us since childhood. Maybe it's a a caretaker, that voice in our head, these, these maxims that we repeat to ourselves over and over again. And so people might think that they've been listening to their intuition, but really it takes a lot of discernment and a lot of getting quiet to really know what's right for us. And Mm. that is getting into the body. The emotions rule everything, right? Things come in, they hit our amygdala. Is this safe or is this not? And then we go deeper. Then we assign meaning. And we have some sort of a feeling and make some sort of a decision and and take action around it. But if get inside the body, when we're having that fight or flight and what is this really, really meaning for me, how do I actually feel and try to rip off the conditioning, the layers that have been placed on top of us, then we might be able to get to our true authenticity. That's such a buzzword lately. Everybody's talking about authenticity, but It actually feels really liberating to do what we really know that we need and to say, what we know we need to say, without worrying about how it's going to be perceived. And a lot of that can be found in just getting quiet with ourselves and and listening, like Faye says, to how much... should be eating? What is it that I really need? Or is it the enzymes in my gut that's craving chocolate because I've eaten chocolate at 4pm every single day for the past five years, right? Our, our gut produces the same enzymes to create what it thinks that we're going to need. So is that a physiological craving based off past conditioning? Or is it really our intuition saying, actually, maybe we can eat some strawberries, so that would be a high vibrational food that isn't going to cause that sugar crash. And I'm not the food expert. I'll, I'll leave that to today, of course, but since you guys were talking about that, uh, I just figured I would piggyback on that.
2: So what, what's one tool, and I'm not asking you to give away all your secret sauces, but what's one tool or tip you would give somebody who says, I just don't even know how to hear myself. I don't know how, what would you say? Either one of you can jump in.
0: Yeah. So, for, so for me, um, my go-to has been journaling, um, getting it out on getting it out of the paper. That's where where I started. I am, as I said at the start, start of getting a little bit more into the the the, the woo side of it, um, and I'm training to be a belief coding facilitator as well, which is more about working on your, at the subconscious level. So as a coach, I work on the conscious, and as a as a belief coder, I can work at the, at the subconscious level, and um, and so that has opened my eyes to how to access my brain in a completely different way and effectively almost like having a little conversation with that inner voice so that you know you can actually go back and you can heal heal those difficulties and those traumas that that, that we've had um and a bit like like uh, what Sarah said there you know I was a bit like Pavlov's dog you know as soon as the as soon as it if i saw the clock at 9 twelve or five i instantly felt hungry and so i had a lot of clock eating um habits and again i think a lot of us do because of school you know literally the bell ringing for school <laughs> um our work days you know if you're a nine and sometimes you're not actually genuinely hungry. Um, but again, sort of touching on that belief coding, it encompasses a little bit of kinesiology as well. So you can actually test with muscle testing as to whether you are physically in need of food or whether it's a craving or an urge. Um, and so I'm exploring that side of it more, more and more now. But the basic entry level was journaling. <laughs>
2: okay. Thank you. How about you, Sarah? What's one tip or tool you would give somebody who says, I just don't even think I can hear my own intuition.
0: I
1: think that meditation can be quite difficult for a lot of people who are doers and goers and the type of meditation that I find, yeah, if, if we have high-functioning anxiety, this need to perform, this need to accomplish things, a lot of times I prescribe to my clients and I teach them meditation that has a tool, an anchor, a hook. So that could be a mantra that's internal. Mm. It could be a mantra that we actually produce here from our throat. Or breath. And when we do something repetitive, like repeating a word or a phrase, whether it's in our own native language or another language, or we focus on our breath, be that a a vigorous breath or some sort sort of a cooling breath, we're able to get deeper into the subconscious and actually hear that voice. So breath work is incredibly powerful, chanting or mantra meditation, very, very powerful. Our throat is the only place on our body where we can instantaneously create. And it's just like a hammer. We can use our voice, you know, you can use a hammer to build a house or you can knock somebody in the head with it, right? And we can use our voice to say pleasant things or use it to lash out at somebody. But when we use our voice in a systematic methodical way in order to go deep in meditation, I tell you nine times out of 10, I get very, very clear messages and you can sit down with a question or you can just see what comes. And and a lot lot of times you'll get that, that nudge about, what to do next, because we've given the conscious mind something to do. And I mean, we're only conscious of 0.04% of reality, right? There's billions of bits of data. The human brain can process around 11 million bits per second, but we're only conscious of about 45 bits out of 11 million bits per second. So that math is 0.04% of reality. Everything else is being taken in by our gut, by our bodies, vibrationally. We're we're taking everything else in subconsciously. And so we that's how we know things, without that actually having to intellectualize it and, and know it consciously. So if I said to you that busyness,
2: you know, people say I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, right? Busyness yes. is an intimacy issue. Think about it. Cause it came up for me just now. I haven't thought about it recently when you're talking <coughs> about people, uh, high, what do you call it? High stress, anxiety, high functioning, anxiety, high functioning,
1: anxiety, always,
2: always busy. And then when I listened to the tip that you gave, the tip that you gave would cause somebody to what? Become more intimate with themselves.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. If you're into self-optimization, you better spend some time with yourself. Mm -hmm. Everybody's always like trying to do all these outward things for self-improvement, personal development. But it takes really getting to know yourself. And, And I think a lot of people are afraid of meditation. They're afraid of what, might come up. I'm afraid of
2: hypnosis.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're the same thing. I know. (laughs) (laughs) There's only five brainwave states that we have. And alpha and theta are hypnosis and meditation and the beginning stages of sleep brainwaves. So You're just in control when you meditate yourself instead Mm. of having a hypnotherapist there.
2: So, you mentioned personal development. I'd like each of you to tell me and our audience what is your favorite personal development book and what inspired you from that book?
1: I'll let Faye go since I took the last one. Okay. <laughs> uh,
0: so, I really liked uh, Marie Faulio's Everything is Figure Outable. It became my mantra. Everything was figure outable. Um, I, I, there's a few that I liked, but that's the one that always comes back up when I think about it, because let's say I, I almost made it my day, my, my daily way of getting through my weight loss journey is that I can figure this out, I can figure this out, which is where, like I said, was very pragmatic in my uh in my in my journey um so yeah definitely definitely that one it became a mantra and i loved what you said as well sarah about about voice and interesting what you said about busy as well because you know as soon as you say you're busy you, you instantly can feel that panic so again like you say that internal voice is just is important isn't it and um and what what we say to ourselves that relationship with the word busy even but sorry i just wanted to chip in that one <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: And I do agree with you, Carol, I don't know if we actually address that, but being busy can be a barrier that we put up in order to avoid intimacy because we're afraid because of big T traumas, little T traumas, just things that make us anxious. So then we avoid the situation, Mm. right? Yeah,
2: absolutely. And what's your favorite book, Sarah? Personal development book, and, and and what inspired you from that book?
1: The four agreements. I mean, I have so, so many, but the four agreements, I continue to go back to. I'm
2: also a big. Can't hear you anymore, Sarah. Uh oh. Sarah. Something's really happening. <laughs> 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 See, there goes the woo. <laughs>
1: Hear me now? That's interesting. Nope. Well, I guess I'm gonna unplug my.
2: No, that's honestly it's not better. It's very normal.
1: Hmm. I had my my microphone plugged in. Hear me at all. So can you hear me now? No. Any suggestions, Faye?
0: Take it the AirPods stopped working <laughs> or no. enough, enough. batteries going. Well Battery's- Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hi,
1: are you there? That's better. Yes is connected okay well i was trying to use this external microphone but i guess it's crapped out too in any case joys of technology <laughs> yes yes i mean isn't it great because we can all be in different time zones and actually talking this way
0: i love it yeah i absolutely I love, love that i get so excited talking to you guys from across the pond
1: <laughs> it's quite late for you isn't it
0: yeah nearly 8
1: yeah, no,
2: <laughs> You yeah, no, have too, too my favorite book. Can you hear those dogs barking in the background? Yep. yep. Just it. The I, You don't know this, Sarah, but I'm dog sitting. And it just so happened that the yard man came and he's back there and the dogs are going up and down the window. <laughs> I have the door closed. Anyway, have you read the book, The Last Arrow? No. Put that on your list. The Last Arrow by Rob. Raphael, Erwin Raphael McManus, Erwin Raphael McManus. I've just started that book for the fourth time.
0: Wow. Wow. For the fourth time. It's got to be good then.
2: (laughs) It it is good. And it's not necessarily just personal development, like most personal development books. And it opens up, he happens to be a pastor. I'm trying to think of the most, the name of the most famous book that he wrote. It escapes me at the moment, but um, he starts off with a, Part of it starts off with a passage from the Bible, and there was a king that everybody loved, and as long as he was king, they were winning all the wars, right? And he was getting old and ill, and so his top warrior was in the castle with him, and I'm going to give you the real short version, but he tells him to go open the east window, which he does, and he tells him to shoot an arrow out of the window, and he does, and then he says, now strike your arrows, So he took three arrows out of his quiver and he strikes them on the ground and he quits and he leaves the rest of the arrows in the quiver and the king is enraged, absolutely enraged. And he said, what made you stop striking? And I don't remember the response response from the guy, but the issue was that because he didn't shoot his, he didn't strike his last arrow. They weren't going to win all the wars. And so where are we leaving things in our quiver for the next life, right? It's, it's really a powerful, maybe it's more of a motivational book um, than personal development. But for me, from a personal development, there have been times when I just, ugh, I want to quit. I'll be honest, I just, I want to quit. And I remember the book. Oh, no, no, no. I still have arrows in my quiver, kind of like what Faye said. This is figure outable um, mm-hmm. when it's easy to quit. But I would love for y'all to read that book and tell me your thoughts on it.
0: Yeah. Are, are you even an entrepreneur if you don't think about quitting regularly? <laughs> I, <don't
2: know. laughs> I, don't know. I started off being called the reluctant entrepreneur. I didn't even want to be one.
1: <laughs>
2: God just closed every other door and it was like, okay, I guess I'm supposed to go do this, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah.
2: Do you find do you both work with
1: men and women or just women? Well, mostly women.
0: Just, just women for me because of the weight loss and the potential body image issues that can come up. Mm.
2: Okay, well, we'll toss that question out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tell you what, we're, we're, we're down here. We've we got about seven minutes left. I would like each of you to tell everybody who your ideal client is, um, how they can find you, And then I'm going to ask you another question. So Sarah, tell everybody who your ideal client is and how they can find you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. My ideal client is any leader, entrepreneur, business owner who struggles with high functioning anxiety or closet anxiety. And you can find me on my website, on social media. They're one and the same. Sarah Webb says S-A-R-A-W-E-B-B-S-A-Y-S. So sarahwebsays.com and at sarahwebsays on Facebook, Instagram, I'm on LinkedIn as well as Sarah Webb, and I guess I'm not really on the X, Twitter X thing anymore, but <laughs> I, I guess I technically have an account, but I haven't been very active.
2: But yes, I, I
1: was
2: going to say thank you for that. Sarah. I apologize for the dogs. I have never had a show go like this. I mean- uh, <laughs> I've been here for a week. The grass was about this tall. I figured they just weren't going to mow it till they came back. And all of a sudden these guys show up today.
1: So yeah. Faye, tell us,
2: tell us who your ideal client is and how they can feel, can find you to work with you.
0: Yeah. So like I say, I work with them. Um, I work predominantly with women. I can obviously work with men, but it would be one-to-one rather than in my membership, which is, which is the main way of, for women to work with me. Um, most of my social media handles are at the wellness for women 3a as is my website the only one that's not is my personal facebook profile which is Fay casement 3a trying to keep it all quite simple um and but yeah it's basically women who are sick of restrictive dieting sick of beating themselves up about weight loss ready to try something different want to ditch diet drama and uh embrace weight loss and their life with with love and uh but rather than uh, rather than fear and restriction, which is what we're used to as dieters. So if mm-hmm. they're ready, I'm ready.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. If you could leave our listeners with just one thought, just one, what would it be? Either one of you can go.
1: <laughs> Mine would be just start. If you feel like you don't know where to start, you feel like you need a coach obviously find one but meditation is available at all times and it's completely free just start and be consistent and keep at it
2: okay sarah send me your send me your favorite meditation tool i need an easy one for beginners (laughs) (laughs) okay how
0: about you well, I'm jealous because Sarah stole mine. That's exactly what I was going to say. So I'll go with the next <laughs> one. <laughs> Great minds think alike. Um, that you're worth it. I think it might sound a, a, a bit cliched sometimes, but I think a lot of what we struggle with sometimes is about feeling enough and our and our worth. And, um, and if hearing us today is a reminder that you are worth it, then I'm happy with that as well. Awesome. And you two ladies don't know a
2: whole lot about me, but I help women know their value, own their power and advocate for themselves. So they rise up and become the lioness leaders they were created to be multiplying their income and their profits. And it's fascinating to me because anytime I, I just gave a keynote at at an event called the Sharp Heels event for women in corporate two weeks ago. And when asked to give a, a last thought, my last thought is, take the next step. So very similar to y'all's because I believe that God only gave me a lamplight for my feet because my job is to trust in the process and take the next step.
1: Because
2: mm-hmm. honestly, if I knew the whole picture, I'd have quit. <laughs> I'd have quit. <laughs> it has been an absolute, absolute pleasure having both of you. Feel free to try to sign up and come back again. Uh, reach out to me. Love to stay connected. This has been the Intuitive Entrepreneurship with Carol Boston and our great guest today, Faye and Sarah, look them up. You ready to get in your best shape ever? Are you ready to get your mind in, your, in the best shape ever? Either one of them, give them a call. <laughs> Until next week, trust in the process, take the next step and blessings to each and every one of you.
1: The Intuitive Entrepreneur Show is hosted by Max and Jeanetta Jones and is brought to you by Life Coaching Today magazine, empowering your health, business, community, and life. This has been a production of True Awesome Life Productions. Who asked, what does your true awesome life look like? Start that journey today at trueawesomelife.com. For more information on this or past episodes, go to the theintuitiveentrepreneurshow.com. Okay. See you later, Faye. Nice to meet you. Bye. Oh, nice to meet you too. Bye-bye.